Welcome to the Learning to Flourish podcast. We're your hosts, Kelsey Donnell and Laura Jean Tremblay. This is a place to stop waiting and to learn to flourish exactly where we are, right in the in-between. Join us each week as we discuss topics that pertain to daily life and how we can flourish in the here and now. Good. I'm so excited to be here and talking about Advent and the book study. Um, We chose to do the book. What's the book title, Kelsey? Um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it is ruthless. (laughs) That is true. The book is ruthless. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's calling us out. A lot of truth bombs. Yeah. Yeah. But we chose this book. It's not necessarily a spiritual read in terms of what people normally spend their Advent reflecting on. It's not about baby Jesus. It's not about Mary and her journey to Bethlehem. It's more about our posture of our heart and like our schedule and pairing that with the spiritual practice of Advent. We can kind of merge those two together and hopefully be able to just become a little bit quieter and like really prepare our hearts for the Christmas season. So that was our thought with this book. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, it's definitely going to tell you how to quiet down. So that's good. Indeed. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of great ways to just bring it into Advent. So Mm-hmm. So Kelsey, why don't you tell us about your God wink for the week? Yeah. Um, so mine was about an hour ago. Uh, I just was kind of in a bad mood today. If we're being very honest, um, I needed a bit of an attitude adjustment. And then that just sometimes spirals into like, I miss my grandma, like my sweet granny. And um, the sunset tonight was like a little God wink. It was bright pink and full of life. And um, it was just very necessary today. I love that. Yeah. Sunsets are like so, so such good. a God wing, like just such, yeah. such beauty. It's just like, Hey, here I am. Mm-hmm. Stop and look. So it was great. It was very, very needed today. And very on theme. For- very on theme. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. I feel like that's happened for the like I mean basically the whole time like our god wink like perfectly leads into um whatever is planned it's like god knows what he's doing crazy concept you guys (laughs) crazy concept but if we open our eyes and slow down we see and notice a lot of jesus amen yeah what's your god wink Laura Jean um My God wink was just how surprised I was this week about people just showing up and making a really great day for my birthday. I was not looking forward to this birthday. And it's not like, okay, I've never had a birthday where I haven't been looking forward to it. And it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm getting old. I'm not looking forward to getting older. It wasn't that. There was a lot of other things that I was just like, wasn't pumped about having another milestone go by and you're just like, okay, where am I really going here? Um, 
But literally from the moment I woke up (laughs) until I like crashed into bed at night, it was like unexpected and like just filled with joy. Like people just trying to make me feel loved and I really felt loved. It was really great. Even though, even though I spent an hour shoveling my driveway <laughs> because we had a foot of snow <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't get my car out. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a really, it, there's just a lot of surprises. Um, and that was, it was good. I love that. Birthdays are so weird to me. And then when it ends up like that, it's like, man, that was a good day. Mm-hmm. Also, um, shout out to you for scooping your driveway. Cause I think I probably would have been like, I'm going to go back inside for a little bit and see if the sun does its job. <laughs> I'll no, be out see, later. The thing is we had, you know, all night it had snowed and all morning and then it had stopped for a little bit and then it was going to start again in the afternoon. So like, this was you like the break and you had yep. to kind of handle it. Um, because yeah, when you live in this area, you just get so much snow. Um, and the snow on the driveway wasn't bad. It was where the snowplow had put it in your driveway because then it's like all ice and like compacted. That was rough, but we got through. Good job. Proud of you. Thank you. I had help from a neighbor. She was over there. She was um, snow blowing her driveway and she just like drove it across the street and she was like, can I help you? I was like, oh my goodness, thank you. I love neighbors. I love neighbors. I mean, you got nosy neighbors and then you got helpful neighbors and you got to be grateful for them both sometimes. True. You know? Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I actually we got a little bit of snow, not a lot, and it actually made me really happy. Oh, good! It was so pretty. Good. And then um, I realized that we, our snow shovel, was at the farm, hmm. so we couldn't scoop our snow. Uh, let it be known that we have since then bought snow shovels. We should. We live in Nebraska, like that's a normal thing, but they were just not here. But now we have a set that just stays here. Excellent. Everything is shared with the farm. It's a fabulous thing. So fun. Yes. Well, Kelsey, okay. So we're talking today about part one of the book, which is the problem. Setting the stage for what our culture has turned into and how much of a problem it is. So Kelsey, what's just your overall like first thoughts when you read this part of the book? Um, it was like pot, meat, kettle. Um, I <laughs> am notorious for being like, just slow down, just say no, just take a break, just go to sleep, like to all of my clients. And I'm like, you need to do like, take time for yourself, all of these things. And then, um, and then this book let me take a nice, long, hefty look in the mirror. And I was like, oh, Kels. Um, there's just so many distractions that we forget our distractions and are the devil working so hard. He works so hard. And I, I've never really thought of my phone as like a bad distraction. I know it's a distraction. Um, but in bold, I have my little notes and in bold, I have circled like a million times 
2,617. If you read the book, you know that that number means it's the average amount that people touch their phone in a day. Average. So you're and then taking they said into millennials, account. you can double that. He's right. Millennials. I'm, mm-hmm. Right. Because you're taking 50 and 60 and 70 year olds who have phones into that average. Yeah. And you're also putting into average the people that don't have a phone problem. And that's still the average. This book was not written this year either. I know. It's just insane. It is. And yeah. And yeah, so it was, it was a lot of, um, a lot of oof moments. Yeah. Yeah. What were your first thoughts? Yeah. I mean, this is the third time I've read this first part of the book and I'm, I always get something new, like a new kind of conviction from reading it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's definitely an eye opening thing. And as much as we can like talk ourselves out of problems we have, like, oh yeah, like that's a problem for other people, but I don't have that problem. Right. But then in the book, there's a few times, there's one in particular that's like a, it, (laughs) he literally says like, I'm going to list out a bunch of statements and you're going to keep track of how many you said yes to. And then you're going to add up your score at the end. And there was another time when he was like, these are like the symptoms or whatever. And like that is just a really concrete way to get your mind like out of the, well, it doesn't really affect me that much. But like, yes, ma'am, it affects you. Like it affects me. It affects everybody. And then I was also this time going through to kind of pull out some like mm, hard-hitting quotes so that we Mm -hmm. can quote them for this episode. And yeah, wow. There are some that I didn't like either I breezed through the first time or whatever, but goodness, you cannot breeze past some of these. And Mm -hmm. like, I need to like frame this and put this on my wall. Like, so I see this when I wake up because it is the reminder that we can never have too much of because what's at stake is everything. Like our relationships are mm-hmm. like loving people, being present. That's what's at stake. Us yeah. missing our own lives. I don't, yeah. I don't want to miss my own life. <laughs> no. I, one of the first things I wrote down, and it was when we got into the brief history of speed, and I just, what does this pace of life do, do for our souls? And I think I sat on that question for like a solid 30 minutes. Like what does getting a massive to-do list done in a day do for my soul? What does fitting in a ridiculous amount of clients in my day do for my soul? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What does getting home 15 minutes early so I can rush and do pointless things do for my soul. And the list, it just went on and on and on. And it's, hi. Ethan just opened the door. He's alive. (laughs) He's still recording.
Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry for that tidbit, folks. Real life, that was... I actually saw him at lunch today, so I have seen him more than once today. Um, But I just kept... like That list just went on and on. And it was just like, there's so many times when I hurry. And there's so many times when I... That I, I don't need to. Because if I would slow down, I would probably have more intentful conversations. And if I slowed down, I would probably be able to like actually say hi to somebody at the grocery store instead of like putting my head down and just like getting out as fast as I can, you know, like honestly in a day, I probably close myself off to a lot of Jesus. Well, that's the thing is like, what are we missing when we hurry? And also what is really necessary? Right? Like, okay, our culture has become so fast paced. There's there's hurry built into our culture. So there's some aspects where to slow down, to unhurry our lives, we're gonna go against culture. But at the same yeah. time, there are things, there are pressures that we put on ourselves. Yeah. Right? So like ask yourself that question, what really is necessary? right? Like phones, for example. I've always, like my parents drilled into us when we were young that like a cell phone is not a, like a right or anything. Like this is for our safety. Like we couldn't, uh, we didn't get a cell phone until we could drive because when you drove, then if you get stuck somewhere, you need to be able to get a hold of somebody. So we, I always viewed it as like, it's necessary in that it's for our safety and that it's a helpful tool. So when I think about my own phone use, I'm like, okay, no, I'm not going to like go off the grid and throw my phone out because I think that's like, there's two extremes here. Yeah. And virtue is the golden mean. So you got to find that middle ground and you got to be like, okay, well, if it's not it's it's not necessary for all the apps to be on my phone or it's not necessary for me to be on my phone six hours out of the day like or to touch it how many times 200,000 2,617 2,617 times a day it's not necessary for me to do that but it's necessary in a lot of ways for me to have a phone because yeah. what if someone wants to get a hold of me? What if I want to get a hold of somebody, right? And right. plus, like, we use it for so many things these days. Uh, right. Also, your business. <laughs> also, you know? my business. You're right. right. Also, your literal livelihood. Yes. So I can't get rid of my phone, nor do yeah. I want to. That's not. That's not a, like a desire. I'm not like, oh my gosh, my phone is the devil, and I and I can't, I can't right. stand to be around it. That's not it at all. It's more like coming to terms with. Okay, yeah, it is necessary for X, Y, Z, but that doesn't mean everything on it is necessary. Right. And that doesn't mean I need to be on it for, like you said, six hours a day, mm-hmm. you know? Um, And I agree. I don't think it's like a get rid of it. You know, that would be silly. <laughs> silly. There's just so many things that it is useful for. It's just... Um, where you find that use and how you use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of the most like crazy thing 
that it, it shouldn't be crazy, but the way that he said it just so clearly, and as yep. you said, ruthlessly, <laughs> ruthlessly. Um, in the book, that just kind of made me stop and go like, well, yeah, obviously was when he talked about like some of the saints who would get up at four in the morning to pray, he was like, yeah, but we also have to realize that they went to sleep at 7 p.m. So rising at 4 a.m. was like a nine-hour sleep. And he's literally said like, what are, what else would they what do? What else are you going to do? Yeah. What else are you going to do at 4 a.m.? <laughs> so yeah. it's like that whole thing. And he he was like, guys, listen, like we used to – sleep an average of 10 hours a night. Now it's like seven and a half and we wonder why we wake up and we're always all tired. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I, I mean, like, <laughs> I think I'm so guilty of this. Like, I'll go to bed at 9.30 and then I'll scroll my phone for an hour. Why? Because I'm in a hurry to know what's going on in everybody else's life. Because I'm in a hurry to know who viewed my last story. Like, why? Also, it is like it's super important to understand that the people who built these apps literally built them with the intention of stealing your time and attention. Yeah. To be addictive. They want you to spend as much time on their apps as possible. Yeah, because when we're spending all the time on the apps, we're clicking on the ads that are being paid for, then that's how they're making our money. We feed into it. But at the same time, okay, that that's part of it, but I wonder and I honestly have a hunch that it's more than that. Like, yeah, okay, that's how they make money, but like what else is at stake here? Our souls are at stake. Yeah. Like these people are smart people and they built these things so that we, we can't spend time with ourselves to really understand what we think or feel about a situation. And we're just being inundated with point after point after point of information on these apps because our, you know, attention span is like so tiny. Less than a goldfish. So there's like a bajillion things that we're like consuming and mm-hmm. then they're not only, yeah, having our – like getting our money, but they're also <laughs> stopping us from being like a functioning part of society, to be honest. Like spreading yeah. our own – like having our own thoughts and then sharing them. Let's talk about that for a second. Right? And they're just pushing the same agenda because it's their agenda – And so they're pushing it so that we hear it and we are being infiltrated with it. Yeah. And let me be very clear that the agenda of the world is not the agenda we should be following. It is so far against the grain of true Christianity. And I stand by that. Just take a look at our culture. Take a look at what is accepted in our culture today and you will see whose hand is controlling the culture yeah i mean i just i use this as an example all the time of how far we have fallen think of movies that were rated r when we were in like seventh grade those are like pg now not even pg-13 
like things that are on television that anybody can watch. That's you guys. Or even terrible. You know what shocks me even more is what is in commercials these days. Because commercials are played with anything, right? It it could be a kid's show and then a commercial comes on and you're like, you just said that word? Yeah. Are you kidding? One of my sisters, like, she's like, we pay. We pay the extra fee so that way what we watch doesn't have commercials. Because she's like, I can't trust commercials anymore around my children. And Ethan and I, like, if there's a commercial on, we mute it. Like, it's something his grandpa always did is like, as soon as the commercials were on, he would mute it. And it's like, yeah, you have to. Otherwise we are subconsciously filling our brain with so, so many worldly views and it's dangerous. So then you see a, a distraction of watching just a mindless TV show. It turns into the devil's advocate, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think either of us are saying never watch TV again because I don't think that's the case, but like be aware. Yeah. Be intentional. And of what's, yeah. I mean, that's just the thing. What, what does the devil want? He wants us to hurry our lives. He wants us to be inundated with point after point after point so that we can't make up our own mind. And what is Jesus asking of us? He's literally asking us to welcome him in a stable. He became so humble for us. He didn't come out as a full-grown king. He didn't come out with trumpets and all these things. He came out as like the most humble you can be. He became man. I mean, A, that's incredible. B, a baby and he asked us to enter into that advent season where we slow down intentionally in order to make room in our lives and in our hearts for him as a baby not not even room for him the king of kings right as a full grown adult sitting on the throne he is asking us to make room for a child yeah. Like, and how about, many of us can't do that? Like, think about yeah. what is pushed right now. Oh my gosh, I can't even open any social media because it's all ads for all the sales that are going on because Christmas, the holidays, has become so um stop me because I will go off. But like I go off. <laughs> no, but like he he's asking us to do the complete opposite. He's asking us to just quiet our hearts. Just just be. Just just receive the gift he wants to give us. That's all he's yeah. asking. Like think about I I know you can relate to this. Like when you when you meet your friend's baby or your sibling's baby or you know and it may have been a rush to get there, but when you get there to meet that infant to that baby that newborn for the first time you walk into the room and you stop you know you really soak it in you like you look at the baby you look at their fingers and their toes and their sweet little button of a nose 
and your mind isn't rushing, you can't be rushing because you don't rush around a newborn. You slow down. Now imagine, now imagine, if you were walking into a stable where Jesus is. Sweet little baby Jesus with his precious little fingers and his tiny little toes and his cute little button nose. You can't tell me that you're going to go rush to X, Y, and Z appointment. You're not just going to brush by that. No. You stop. And you let yourself be quiet. And you sit. And you snuggle him. And you love him. You wouldn't dare rush that. So why would we even dare rush through the next 24 days? Because there is a lot of grace to receive. But I think we said this in the last episode. We cannot receive it if we are not open to it. We just got to slow down. Yeah. And even as you were saying all of that, like I just imagined actually being too busy to stop and notice or brushing past it because there's so many other more enticing things grabbing for our attention. And like even the stopping and adoring the Lord in the manger is too much for people. Yeah. Like, ask yourself, is that too much for you right now, today? And if it yeah. is, good news. You got 24 days to to make it not so crazy for you. To prepare. Right? And like, yeah, it's just, it's become so commonplace. And like you say, right, you wouldn't, when you walk into that hospital room or that parent's house and meet that baby for the first time, you're not going to rush. But you want to know what happens? We rush by people all day long. Yeah. What happens from when they're a baby, an infant, to when they're an adult? They're no less precious. Yeah. By any means, right? And yet we rush past each other because we're all in this great hurry and no one even looks each other in the eye anymore. Yeah. Like... I don't, I feel so invisible sometimes. You walk through the grocery store, no one's looking at you. Like I look at people and I smile and the reactions are hilarious to be it's honest. It's wild. It's hilarious because they're like, wait a second. Like we're so used to being behind a screen, right? We're not being seen. And then we're out yeah. in public and we're still acting that way. And then people look at you and like the reaction like literally is so funny. It's, I, what blows my and people will blatantly ignore you. It that hurts my feelings. Yeah. Like when I go on walks, specifically like around the park, like I look up, I, I take an earbud out mm-hmm. and I'm always like, hey, how's it going? And they're always like, nothing. I will get nothing in response. And I'm like, oh, okay, bye. Right. Like these are people, people like, like. I watched you watch me remove my earbud. Also, I could say, hey, how's it going? 
you know, we close ourselves off and I'm guilty of it too. Like, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I am in a hurry way more than I wish to admit, but like, man, and how often does busy become our personality? He puts it, he like, it's our first thing we say, Hey, how's it going? Kelsey? Oh, I'm busy, but I'm hanging in there. Mm-hmm. That's not an answer. He even says like, it's become the status symbol. Like it used to be that people who were well off or wealthy, like their status symbol was leisure. They didn't have to work as much. So they had leisure and they could take, you know, vacations or just not do anything at all. So entertainment was for the wealthy. Entertainment was part of leisure. And now it's the opposite. If you like, if you're busier, then you're seen as more successful. Yes. Than if you were to like have that, it's not even leisure time at this point. It's literally time to live. Like it's not even extra. Like leisure isn't extra. Right. Like I will die on this hill. Leisure isn't extra. It's necessary. The Lord rested on the sixth, seventh day, whatever it is. I, next bullet point, it says, when we give up our day of rest, we give up our, we give up a day of our souls to open up to God. Mm -hmm. And then what happens when you do that every week? You have no time. You are not like, oh, this is my beef. It is not hard. To give an hour on Sunday to church. Okay. We do not need to rush out of church before it is over. What are you in a hurry for? You are literally in the presence of the king. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why are we, why are we leaving before it's over? Mm-hmm. Can I, can I step onto a soapbox for a second? Please. Yes. Okay. We're leaving church early to go to sporting competitions. We're leaving church early to go shopping. We're leaving church early to go rake leaves. Or missing church. Or missing, not even going. You guys, I don't have kids. I don't have kids yet. But I pray, I pray that when I do, and I have so many fantastic role models in my life right now, who are so good at keeping Sundays for their families. I just pray that I'm able to go against the grain and to be like them. Because it is hard wrenching to me. I grew up doing tournaments. I grew up doing sports. I grew up doing all of those things. We were not allowed to leave mass before mass was over. We did not walk out after communion. We would miss We would miss what we needed to miss to go to church. And I thank God all the time for that. I might hurry a lot, but I'm staying for mass. We got it. It's an hour. If that. Mm -hmm. Why are we rushing to leave? Yeah. It's literally, it's... There's so much to be said about that. 
it hurts. It does. <laughs> like and if I, it hurts, if it hurts us, okay, just imagine how much it hurts a little baby who came to earth for us. And we can't even give him an hour every he week. He just wants to hang out. Yeah. Like to put it in the simplest terms. He just wants to be your friend. He doesn't want to be blown off for things. You know, when you want to be a friend with somebody, you kind of want to be a little bit of a priority. And it's also like he asks us to show up. He does literally everything else. He is giving us the biggest gift this side of heaven. We can't even get this gift in heaven. We cannot receive our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in heaven. This is reserved for us here on earth. It is such a gift. No angel will ever be able to receive him the way we do. Like, stop and think about that for a minute. Like, no angel who is with him all the time Mm -hmm. will ever receive this gift. So... First of all, why aren't we there every day? Okay, that's one thing. Second of all, (laughs) like, we're saying we're too busy? No. He wasn't too busy to come to earth for us. He wasn't too busy to um, multiply the loaves and the fishes. He wasn't too busy to baptize John the Baptist or, you know, get baptized himself. He wasn't too busy to change that water into wine. He wasn't too busy making the blind see. He wasn't too busy to die on the cross for you. And yet here I am. I this is this is an important answer I think for everybody listening. We're talking to ourselves here. A hundred percent. We're not preaching like (laughs) we need this okay we hurry we rush we i i stay to the end of mass but i might run out really fast afterwards you know so don't take this as us calling other people out this is i mean i can speak for myself this is me calling me out same and this is me hoping that i'm gonna be better Mm-hmm. I'm, I might need to repeat that 18 more times throughout this talk because I think I just I, I have a lot of growth to do in this yeah I am so guilty yeah if so anything guilty. that this like reading this book I'm like ooh there's a lot of things I need to work on yeah And it's all good. Like, it's good because it's, like, calling us out in the best of ways. It's not, like, all this, like, ooh, here's a hack for um, making your life a better place. It's, like, no. That's fishy, foo, weird stuff. And this is, like, how to actually love better. How to actually be more present. How to actually live your life. Like, this is, like, really important stuff. Like he says, I'm going to read you a quote because there's a lot of quotes that I highlighted because there's so some good ones. But he literally says, hurry and love 
are incompatible. Then on the very next page, he says, if there's a secret to happiness, it's simple. Presence in the moment. The more present we are to the now, the more joy we tap into. Like, if that's not as simple as simple can be, but yet we forget it because there's so much noise being thrown at us. Yeah. And it's, oh, I'll work on it after I get to this. Oh, I work on it once I get to this. Um, Hi, guys. If you need a reminder of our cute little tagline at the beginning, it's about learning how to live in the in-between. Yeah. Okay. Like, it, we're not waiting for New Year's. We're not waiting for a yeah. raise. We're not waiting. <laughs> Kelsey's face. Y'all can't see it, but when I said New Year's, she like. <laughs> I loathe. I loathe. Yes. <laughs> what happens at the end of the year. And I. That's a soapbox maybe for a later point of the conversation. Oh, yeah. But like everyone puts everything off. It's like. There's nothing special about that day other than it's the next date. It's going to happen every year. Um, like, okay, our life is happening now. We, do, we are not promised the future. We are not promised the future. So if our day is ha- – like, if our presence is now, make the decision now. Like, it's not that hard – to, but but you want to know what it is? It's a cop out because because I do it too. Gosh, goodness, I do it all the time. It's like oh, but like I'll start on Monday or like oh, but like ooh, I have a busy week coming up. So like mm, yeah, after the weekend, then I'll start. It's like that is an excuse. That is a cop out. That is just me not really wanting to put in the work. Right. And I don't want to hear a single person say, new year, new me. I'm going to send you all the memes on New Year's. I will choke. (laughs) Guys, everyone send Kelsey memes on New Year's. A new year, new me. I cannot handle it. I cannot handle it. It drives me nuts. But it has nothing to do with the topic at hand right now. Mm -hmm. So I need a knot. I need to knot. Okay. One more quote because I can't. They're just so good. Okay. Please. Listen up. If you've been zoning out, come back. Come on. Come back. Okay. (laughs) The quote is, not only does hurry keep us from the love joy, and peace of the kingdom of God, the very core of what all human beings crave. Okay, this is what we're made for. But it also keeps us from God himself simply by stealing our attention. And with hurry, here's the kicker, we always lose more than we gain. I mean, that was better said than we could have ever and we spent the last 39 minutes trying to say something of that effect but that's that's the long and short of it like we 
always lose more than we gain. Yeah. So why are we so attracted to it? Why do we go back to it? Because it seems like, you know, we could talk about the hustle culture, right? That's like, that's an aspect of just hurrying. And that's like, we're going to get so much more out of it if we just spend this season of our lives just going for it and like being busy and cutting everything else out of our lives, cutting everything that matters out of our lives to reach this goal that we have. And it's like, no, first of all, we might get to that goal, but we might not. And what what's that doing to us? We are going to be so empty. What are we losing along the way? We're losing friendships. We're losing relationships. We're losing ourselves. We're losing Mm. peace. We're losing joy. We're losing life. We're losing everything. Yeah. So is it worth it? Like. (laughs) No. No. The. That just goes really well in the last quote that I wrote down is what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Yes. Shoot. That's from the Bible. It's funny because in the book he quotes someone else saying it, but that is in scripture. It's in the Bible. I was like, y'all, no, no, no. (laughs) He's literally quoted Mm -hmm. someone saying it and I'm like, no. It's in the Bible. Biblical. (laughs) But But it's so true. Shoot. It's so true. It is. And I mean, gosh. You think of all the times you just hurried out of a place because, again, you had to do something silly. Like, I don't know. I need to go change my laundry. So I need to leave this family gathering real quick where my nephews are just happy to be here, but I need to go because I have all of these other things that I need to do before I start a whole nother week of rushing, 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 rushing. So what did I lose out? Like, what did I forfeit? I forfeited forfeited joy. I forfeited time with my family. I forfeited rest. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a lot. That's a lot to reflect on everything that we forfeit when we rush. Yeah. Coming at you with more quotes because I just can't stop. There's so many. (laughs) This one says, and hurry is a form of violence on the soul. Yes. I mean, just hear that again. Hurry is a form of violence on the soul. And in a few pages later, he says, so instead of life with God, we settle for a life with a Netflix subscription and a glass of cheap red wine. And cheap red wine isn't that great. (laughs) That's no substitute for God. Come on. No. No. Mm -mm. Yeah, that one. I Yeah. there's just so many there's so many things that just made me like I mean I've got like bold starred quotes yes I mean it hurts it hurts but you want to know here's the good news here's the good news that hit us with the good news (laughs) the good news is that there's a solution okay Mm. and the good news is that we're going to learn about it because this book is 
is set up, there's three parts to it. The first part is we're learning about the problem. The second part, we're learning about the solution. And then the third part, we're like putting that into practice. Like we learn about the solution. Okay. Then what, how can we make that a reality? And so while it seems dire now, while it seems like a lot to handle right now, it's meant to. It's meant to open our eyes. It's meant to have us stop and go, holy moly, there is an issue that needs to be fixed. And if that is where you're at, because that's where I'm at, (laughs) and like if that's where you're at, that's a good thing. Because that means our attention is peaked enough that we're going to listen to the solution. If he didn't have all of these hard-hitting quotes or if he didn't have all these statistics or he didn't have all these stories, we might be less inclined to listen up. Yeah. That's why it's written this way. So let it make you feel uncomfortable. Let it make you feel like, holy moly, this is just – this is a big issue. Let's admit it first. Yeah. Okay, let's let's all agree this is an issue. Okay? Yeah. And then we can talk about how we can fix the issue. Right? And and here's here's a spoiler alert, okay? We can't fix it without God. Nor do, would we want to, cuz honestly, that right. seems like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> seems like something I'm not really up for, fixing the whole world, you know? Um But the good news is, as we celebrated the week before Advent starts, we always end the liturgical year with Christ the King Sunday, where we recognize and we celebrate that Christ indeed has redeemed the whole world, and he is king over the universe as well as reigning in heaven, right? Right. So we can rest assured that he's already got it taken care of. So we don't have to run around like chickens with their heads cut off in a hurry from one thing to another because he's already redeemed the whole world. Yeah. So really, what are we running around for? I run around to be a people pleaser. <laughs> oh, are we, are we having a little uh, confession time? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 100%. 100%, man. Yeah. I mean, I just want to help everybody. I just, I just want to make sure everyone's doing okay. So I'm like running around. Yeah. Trying to help everybody. Because I can do it all. Is the lie I tell myself. Because my ego is just way out there. (laughs) My ego is very large. (laughs) And um, I think this is also important. Um, We, as human beings, We're going to read this book. We're going to have a lot of self-awareness. We're going to set ridiculous goals for ourselves and ridiculous expectations for ourselves. And we are going to fall short and we are going to still hurry and we are still going to struggle with this. And that is okay as long as you keep self-awareness, show yourself grace where needed, and continue to work to get a slower pace of life. And that's the thing too, like with that temptation to like pile it all on and be like, I got to figure this out now, that's going to cause us to go into even more hurry. Like 
How fast yeah. can I fix this? And and that we we want to kind of steer clear of that because we don't want it to add to our stress or add yeah. to our plate that's already full. Yes. Um, Laura Jean, you always end our conversations with this question. And I want to ask you, because I want you to go first. Um, but what would be something practical that you can focus on for the next week while we prepare for the next section of this book? I think sit with some of the questions, I think practically, and it's going to sound, it's going to feel counterintuitive at first. It's going to feel like you're not doing anything, but sit with these questions of like, what is hurry doing to my soul and what is really necessary? Like sit with those and come back to them every day. Come to them in the morning, come to them at night, come to them when you're eating lunch, like think about them. Really spend time thinking about them because here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm learning in my life, okay? It's a big lesson that I'm learning is that no one can have the answers for you. Like you're the one who's in charge of your life. So while we have our faith that tells us so much about who we are and whose we are and how to live to be the most free, which is such a gift. Because if I had to figure that out myself, I I would be so lost. Okay, such a gift. But at the same time, we are all made so uniquely. And I, me, who has my own birthday, who was born on a particular day, who has my genetic makeup, who has my particular life experiences have to figure out certain things for myself and not for anyone else. So these questions of what is really necessary is going to be an intimate question for you. Yeah. And what does this hurry do to my soul is an intimate question that only you can answer. So I would get really personal with it. And, and not like, oh, what's the good answer? Like, what's the right answer? Like, you know how like Jesus is the answer for everything in like catechism class. It's like, no, we <laughs> – what is the right answer in your life? What about you? What would you say? What's practical that you can give people? <laughs> um, I will probably sit in – I have a lot of self-awareness right now after reading. Also note to the listeners, I'm not reading, I'm listening. I'm a listener to the books. Um, But as I listened, uh, there was a lot of self-awareness coming to the surface of ways that I hurry. And I think just allowing myself to sit in that and to acknowledge and to like, I think notice when I do it, you know, Honestly, I probably won't set a goal of how to fix this for at least three, four days. Because for the next three, four days, I'm going to consciously be like, ooh, I just rushed. Slow down for a second. Ooh, I just didn't give that question a proper, like, respectful answer because I rushed through it so I could get to the next thing. Let's circle back. And I think just being self-aware is going to help me with that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that alongside you. Thanks. I just think there's, there's a lot of benefit in self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we don't like being self-aware because it hurts. And then we just like pull out our cute little distractions. Okay, and let me caveat reminder, being self-aware can bring up a lot of things Mm -hmm. and it can start down a trajectory of negative self-talk. So when you're doing this, I'm talking to myself here, like when I'm being self-aware, I got to be really aware and kind of put, I love how I've heard this said once and I now tell it to my students in my courses, um, that this is an invitation. It's not a it's not a condemnation. It's not a look at this piece of information and feel bad and feel guilty because if, if you're not doing it right, it's more of an invitation to look at it as an observer. Because as an observer, we're gonna have more of a perspective. And so if we can see it as an observer of, okay, this is bad, this is good. We're somewhere near the bad side. How can we get to the good? From an outside perspective, it's almost a lot easier to avoid that negative self-talk. So I would just caveat that of like right, being self-aware is so important, but don't – just be aware, again, more awareness, that it could turn into negative self-talk. And we want to yeah. steer clear of that for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. Be a friend to yourself. Mm-hmm. through this. You know, I would never look at Laura Jean and be like, you stupid person, how could you even let yourself be this busy and let this go by and then this happened and then this happened? Like, I can't even believe you would do that. I would never. I had to look at her forehead when I said that <laughs> because I couldn't look in her eyes and say that. I couldn't believe you were saying that to me, Kelsey. I know it hurt. So why, why would we say that to ourselves? Yeah. Talk to yourself as a friend. Yeah. And when a friend is going through a hard time and maybe realizing some hard things, show grace. Mm-hmm. Love your friend. You know, that's such a big part of this. And that's such a big part of growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's leave our listeners with something happy. Um, Kelsey, tell me about things that have made you feel alive this week. Yes. Um, So, I mean, the book, in all honesty, the book has done great things already. Um, And then Ethan and I just decided that we were going to do an Advent study together. Um, so throughout the season of Advent, we will wake up early and we will do a devotional together every day. Neither of us like mornings, but the thought of it makes me very excited. Um, and then right before this podcast, like right before recording this, um, my mother-in-law stopped by and she actually brought me an Advent study. I've been looking for one and she brought me one, um, for Ethan and I, and a pan of cinnamon rolls. And, um, If you are from our area, you've probably had these cinnamon rolls and you know that they are life-changing. 
Like, they're the best things ever. Like, nobody, nobody does better cinnamon rolls than my mother-in-law. And I will die on that hill. That's awesome. Now I can't wait to taste them. I'm going to bring you some. I'm going <laughs> love to hand deliver you cinnamon rolls someday. That would just make my day. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> I might have one for supper. What is your lively? What is your liveliness list? That is hard to say. It is You're very hard to say. I definitely yeah. screwed it up before we started recording. Um, as per usual, I cannot think of only three. I have so many on this list this week. It's, I mean, that's a good place to be in. You know, it's a great place. um, yeah. but we'll start off with the sunshine. Okay, today it was really sunny, and that just made my whole day better. You know. Yeah. Every every day can be made better with sunshine. Um, another thing bringing me life this week is my made beloved group. We have just the best conversations. And it is just such a gift to walk with people through this program and like see these – like to see people have information change their – change their hearts and their minds and change their lives. It's yeah. just really cool. And I learned so much every meeting from the people in my groups. I mean, these people are way smarter than me. Like I just am – I just love it. It's so great. Um, so that's been bringing me a lot of joy. And um, okay, the last thing is um, flowers and surprises. I got some surprise flowers for my birthday and it was very exciting. Um, they arrived today and there was no note. It was like a flower delivery and it, there was no note. So then I like started texting my people and being like, who sent me flowers and blah, blah, blah. And it was kind of like a little like mystery and I had to like figure it out. And of course it was my mom and she couldn't figure out, like I see her like every day. Okay. So I, yeah. I didn't think of her immediately for sending me flowers, but then she's like, um, I, I filled out, you know, the note, but I was like, there was no note, mom. <laughs> Technology's hard. Um, so now you have to speak it all to me. Yeah, exactly. Tell me all the nice things you wrote. <laughs> exactly. And go. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> no, I would be so awkward. I could not handle that. <laughs> that would be fantastic, though. <laughs> Words of affirmation are okay if they're written. If they're mm. spoken to me, I'm like, huh. I want, I am such a word of affirmation. Like that is my love language. Oh, that does not surprise me mm -hmm. at all. It's one of my favorites. That's awesome. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> I right. love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. And we cannot wait to see you next week. We're talking yes. about the second part of the book, The Solution, which I'm pumped for. So stay tuned. We'll come at you next yeah. Monday. And if you haven't started the book, it's not too late. It's not too late to join us. No, it's a quick read. I It's a quick listen. Yeah. Quick listen. So easy. The audiobook so easy. I think is only 5 hours and that's the whole thing. Yeah. It's oh. Join us just just start now if you haven't. It's so worth it. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I can say goodbye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> We're so glad you joined us on this episode of Learning to Flourish podcast. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or many on social media and leave us a rate and review.